Let's pray together. Oh, Father, we do want to be more like you. And so we submit to your word, and we want your word to be our instruction in how to be more like you, Lord. Let your word cut in those places where we need to be cut. Separate the marrow from the bone and the error from the truth. I pray, mighty God, that you would do a mighty work in us, that we may understand your word, receive it planted in our hearts. My Father, we are never too old to grow or too young to come to know you. My Father God, we give ourselves to you now and we, we pray, speak to our hearts and let your word be true and amen among us this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, everyone. If you brought your Bible with you, I would like to invite you to open your Bible to the Gospel of Matthew, the first of the books of the New Testament, the Gospel of Matthew. I believe there are some Bibles in front of you in the pews as well, if you want to, to use them. And if you think you have the uh, Beatitudes already memorized, then you don't need to uh, look at the Bible. Uh, but you can also use the, the insert that is in, in your bulletins, if you like. Uh, this morning, we are changing things a little bit, in that this morning we are going to be uh, celebrating All Saints Day. Uh, according to the liturgical calendar, All Saints Day is actually always, it's a fixed day, and it's always November 1st. But because November 1st fell during the week and we didn't have a service at that time, it is correct that we would move it to the Sunday closest to it. And so we move it to today to celebrate All Saints Day. Uh, in actuality, what I want you to understand is that today we are celebrating the church. We are celebrating the church. We are, and, and, and not just celebrating the church in, in brick and walls and, and roof and, and steeples. I think what we're celebrating today is the living church. We're celebrating you. We're celebrating all the people of God that have ever lived to worship, to seek God, to serve God, and to honor the Lord. We are celebrating the living, universal Catholic Church that has no geography, no time limits. We're celebrating the people of God wherever they may be found in this life, past, present, or future. When we celebrate Saints' Day, we're celebrating the Church of Jesus Christ. We spend time celebrating the Lord our God, all through the year. Then we have specific times where we focus greatly on Jesus, like on Christmas, uh, Easter, uh, Holy Week, Good Friday, at different times. Then we celebrate the Holy Spirit in particular at the season of Pentecost and, and things like that. But although we, we speak about all of the Trinity 
all of the year. In fact, there is a day that is called Holy Trinity, which we also celebrate. Well, today we're celebrating the church of Jesus Christ. Not because we're so great that we need to be celebrated, but in actuality we're celebrating the work that God has done in us. We're celebrating the God that so desired and loved us to represent Him in this world that He has done a mighty work in us, turning us from sinners into saints. So we're celebrating the God of the living church in celebrating All Saints Day. The word saint is, is really comes to English through the through the Latin for sanctus, but it really comes from the Greek hagiai, which is, means holy, and it's where we get the word for Holy Spirit. And a person that is holy is a person that has separated or has been separated by God from the world, from the old life, from the old man, into the service of God. We've been separated from the old, and we've become a new creation. So we are saints in the sense that God has done a work of separating us from the old life into the new life. From the old man, the old woman, into the new man and the new woman. So the word saint means someone who has been separated for the work of God, for the worship of God, for the service of God. We celebrate... By the way, when, whenever people think of saints, we're always thinking of dead people. Amen? We're always thinking of dead people. We're thinking of a statue that we may have seen of a saint or, a, or an icon or a picture or a saint. I have to tell you that, yes, there are some saints that have gone on to be with the Lord. But when St. Paul speaks to the Corinthians and he's speaking to the saints, he's not expecting that dead people are going to read his letters. <laughs> he's writing to living saints. He's writing to people separated for the glory of God. So when we celebrate uh, All Saints Day, we're celebrating the martyrs of God. And not just New Testament martyrs. We're celebrating all of the people of God who have given their life for the glory of the Lord to serve Him and honor Him in situations and at times that were hard in their lives. And many of them have given their lives to that God. We're celebrating the martyrs of the Lord. And by the way, there's lots of martyrs today. There's people around the world that are putting their faith out there and suffering for the gospel. So when we celebrate All Saints Day, we're celebrating the martyrs of God, but we're also celebrating the dead in Christ. Those that will be raised at the last day at the sound of the trumpet, that have died without, without great heroic situations, just have died, but they have died in the Lord, in the knowledge of the Lord. And they have died, perhaps some of our family members, but certainly people whose names we don't know, but we know that they died in the Lord and will be raised with Christ. But we're also celebrating what I call the living saints. We're celebrating the church. We're celebrating the church wherever it may be found. 
One of the things that is important for me to say to you is that the saints of God, the living saints of God, are to mirror the character of Christ. If you truly are a saint of God, if you truly are a person called by God, redeemed by Jesus, in the process of being transformed by the Holy Spirit, we need to be able to mirror, reflect the character of Jesus Christ in our lives. The world needs to know. We need to do it so that the world knows that he sent us. Because to tell you the truth, if I don't see Christ in you, why would I want to follow you anywhere? What is your testimony if I can't see it in you? I need to be able to see you mirror, reflect the character of Jesus Christ. And let me tell you, some of us may be at a different level of our Christian walk. And that's fine. Because we are all in a process of being made perfected in the glory of God. We are all, that includes me, in the process of being transformed to reach the maturity and the level of our Lord Jesus Christ. His character is our goal. But we need to reflect that character where we are planted to the people around us. We need to reflect the character that the world may know that we are His, that He sent us. But we're also to do so that the world may know that He is present today. He's present today in us and through us. Jesus Christ is present through His people. Through the saints of the living God. It's how Jesus becomes the hands, the feet, the lips, the face. We are the face of God. We are what is visible. We are what is seen in the world. We are his saints. And in that fashion, we need to represent him. We need to mirror him. We need to reflect him to the world in which we live. That's what a saint is supposed to do. A saint is a person called by God. You know, we talk a lot about, I received Jesus. Well, yes, I did walk up, I did receive Jesus. But the fact is that it is God who calls us. It is God who draws us to that moment. It is God who's been working in us for a long time, drawing us, drawing us, drawing us through friends, through the Word, through a song, in ways that we sometimes don't understand. But no one comes to the Father except the Father draws them. So as a saint of God, we are the called of God. In the Old Testament, they're called the chosen of God. In the New Testament, they're called the elect. But it's the same thing, different words. But we are the called of God. We are the formed by Jesus. Because Jesus is in the process of forming me. He's in the process of forming us. I've been called by God, but the closer I get to Jesus, the more I become like Him. The more I am forming to His likeness. Called by God, formed by Jesus, and empowered by the Holy Spirit to do the things that God has called His living saints to do in the world. Called by God, formed by Jesus, and empowered by the Spirit of the living God.
Today's gospel that was read and chosen for All Saints Day really comes from the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, the first sermon that Jesus ever preached, according to Matthew. He goes up a mountain. His disciples surround him, and it seems that the multitude also comes around him. He sits down on the mountain, and he begins the sermon that I, I, I think all the sermons are Jesus, of Jesus are amazing. But I have to tell you, the Sermon on the Mount is for me the thermometer of how my Christian walk is going. If you ever want to know your Christian level, if you want to know how hot you are for Christ, if you want to know how cold you are for Christ, read the Sermon on the Mount. Sermon on the Mount will tell you exactly those areas where we still are struggling with. The Sermon on the Mount will tell us how we can become more and more like Jesus. There is nothing else in discipleship in Scripture that gives us a better measurement of how we're doing in our faith, how we're doing in our Christian walk, and how we're doing as disciples of Jesus Christ. It will challenge us, it will confront us, it will correct us, it will humble us, but it will also strengthen us to see where we've been and where we're going. Where we're going. The Sermon on the Mount. It's a sermon on discipleship. Jesus begins the Sermon on the Mount with the Beatitudes. You, you all know the Beatitudes. I'm sure you've heard them. Blessed be. The Beatitudes embody the character of Jesus. I've been telling you as I began that we need to reflect Jesus. Well, let me tell you the Beatitudes is the character of Jesus given to us. When you look at the Beatitudes, at each of the Beatitudes, ask yourself, was Jesus like this? And how was Jesus like this? Let me also say to you, the Beatitudes are Beatitudes, not do-attitudes. They're not things we do. They are things we become. The more the Holy Spirit works in us, the more that, that the different blessedness that Jesus calls become part of who we are. Because it is the character of Jesus, it needs to become eventually the character of the saint. Let's take a look at some of the Beatitudes, or, or the Beatitudes, uh, as quickly as I can, because I truly can spend a long time in each of these Beatitudes. First of all, Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Poor in spirit is another reminder of humility. And we've been talking a lot about humility in the last couple of weeks, or a lot in the last two weeks, two months at least. I've preached to you at least two or three sermons that are related to humility, to being humbled. I've explained to you what humility is. And I've given you examples of humility. To be poor in spirit is, is another reminder of humility. And to be poor in spirit has nothing to do with material poverty. It has to do with poverty of the flesh. It has to do with poverty of pride. It has to do with poverty of selfishness. And poverty of self-centeredness. 
To be poor in spirit is not about material things. It's about emptiness of self so we can be filled with the Spirit of God. Blessed are the poor in themselves. Full of themselves. Empty yourself that you may be filled with the presence of the Spirit of God. Blessed are the poor in spirit. It's not the Holy Spirit. That's another thing. It is not spirit with a capital S. Because in fact, if we weren't filled with the Holy Spirit, we will never be empty of selfishness. If it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, we could never become poor in spirit. It is the fullness of the Spirit that corrects in us the junk that is in us that makes us think we're better than we really are. It confronts us, changes us. It is the presence of the Lord in us that causes us to be, not to do, but to be poor in spirit. It is about emptiness of self and fullness of the Spirit of God. Blessed are those who are poor in themselves, in their selfishness, in their self-centeredness. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who mourn. The idea of mourning is the intense sorrow and weeping for the condition of a lost world around us. A saint of God looks at the world and the people that God has made. And because he cares and he loves them, he mourns. He cries. He hurts when he looks around. And he looks at how people hurt one another. How different nations bomb and and explode others. How businesses are destroying people. When we look around at our lives, how can we not care with the heart of God? And that will cause us to mourn. Blessed are those who look at the condition of the world and hurt like God hurts when He sees His creation. Blessed are those who mourn. Because until you mourn, you won't really love with the heart of God. Because God so loved the world that He sacrificed His Son. Blessed are those who mourn. It is that mourning that sometimes causes us to get involved in causes for the righteousness of God. Social justice causes to make the wrong right because we mourn for it. Because we see it and we know it doesn't please the heart of God. And it doesn't please our heart. And we feel that we have to do something about it. And we have to get involved. Blessed are those who mourn. Who mourn, who ache, who hurt when we see the creation of God in the shambles that it is. Or we look at the church and we see the church not really doing what it's supposed to do. And and, and it causes in us heartache and pain and sorrow and mourning. And, And blessed are those who mourn, who mourn when they see the situation of the world. Blessed are those who are meek, who are meek. Let me tell you, when we think of meekness, we think of weakness, don't we? When we say 
becoming meek, we think of becoming weak. We think of, 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 of a coward, or we think of a pushover. A meek person is easily pushed over, so I don't want to become like that. Easily gets abused, I don't want to become like that. The reality is that to become meek like Jesus was meek takes a lot of courage. A lot of courage to be meek in the presence of situations that are hard and difficult and you still will not react the way the world expects you to react, but you will react the way that God wants you to react. The meek, to be meek is, is to have the courage to be gentle in the presence of rudeness. To be meek is to be submissive in the presence of controlling attitudes. To be meek is to be a servant and not expect to be served. To be meek is to take the last place rather than the prideful place at the front. To be meek is to give ourselves to others without the expectations that others will give themselves to us. To be meek is to be the first one to surrender. To be meek is to be the first one to ask for forgiveness. Sometimes we wait until somebody tells us that they made a mistake and hurt us before we forgive. Sometimes to be meek is to be the first one to say, I forgive you. Without expecting the other person to do anything else, even if they don't. To be meek is to be the last to hold a grudge. And it takes courage because these are not easy stuff, stuff. Blessed are the meek. Imagine Jesus, the Lord of the universe, and all he allowed to be done to him. Blessed are the meek. Who choose rather to be slapped in the face than be the one that slaps somebody else who chooses rather to lose than to abuse. Blessed are the meek, because it takes courage to be meek, not weakness. To be gentle in the midst of attacks. Our natural self says, hit back, retaliate. The meek takes it. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Hunger and thirst for righteousness. Righteousness really means to be right before God. That's all it means. Righteousness is when we live our lives clean and right before God. When we hunger and thirst for the rightness of God's Word, for the rightness of God's will, for the rightness of the presence of God, when we hunger and thirst for the righteousness of God in this life and in my life, 
when I hunger and thirst for what is right. Right to God, right to my fellow brother or sister, right to the stranger. When I want rightfulness to be the key. Blessed are those who are merciful. Now, that's a character of God, isn't it? To show mercy. And it's expected from the disciples. Blessed are the merciful. Mercy is what God does. That's the love of God in action is generally called mercy. It's the grace of God embodied in, 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 in mercy. Blessed are the merciful. You know that mercy is the cry of the broken? Mercy is, is the cry of Bartimaeus outside Jericho. Lord, have mercy on me. It's the cry of the leper. Lord, have mercy on me. It's the cry of the Syrophoenician woman. Have mercy on me. It is the cry of the lonely, of the hurting, of those in pain. It's their cry. And it is to them that the saints of God are sent. Blessed are the merciful. We are sent to those who are crying out for the mercy of God. And we are the hands that show mercy, the heart that show mercy, the presence that cries with those that cry. We are the ones, the saints of God. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are those with a pure heart. Blessed are the pure in heart. You know... Purity of heart is the work of God. It's the work of God because my nature tends not to be pure. My life gets purified and your heart gets purified as the Lord does what He does in your heart. It's when Jesus moves into your heart that He starts moving things out that were there before. On pure thoughts, on pure actions, all of a sudden you start changing. There is a transformation that goes on. There's a scrapping of all the old and all the dirty and all the past sins. And there is a purity of heart that is the product of the presence of Almighty God. Blessed are those whose hearts are open for God to do this surgery in them. This mighty work of cleansing us. And then we start wanting to be something that we originally were not. And we become gradually what God wants us to become. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. The reality is that I don't have to describe what peacemaking is to you. The problem is not with the description. The problem is with the performance of peacemaking. Have you ever caught yourself in the middle of a family war and somehow you participate in the throwing of rocks and the creating a bigger issue and a bigger problem and at times even unintentionally gossiping and, and setting more fire to the, to the furnace? Have you ever caught yourself in that? Or in church situations? See, the problem is not that we don't understand peacemaking. It's that we don't do peacemaking. We, if we represent the character of Christ, 
we need to be rather than the one that flames the fire, we need to be the one that brings people to sit down together, to talk to each other because a lot of our issues are things we don't understand and so we throw rocks at each other. When we're able to sit down most of the time, we are able to resolve our issues or at the very least say, you know, we will never resolve this, but at least let's act in civility with one another until the Lord does in you or in me the work that He needs to do. But a peacemaker is a, the Christian character of bringing reconciliation. We have been sent to the world to be reconcilers, and that needs to be part of our lives. It needs to be part of that mirroring. It needs to be part of that reflection of Jesus who came to reconcile the world with God. What a big job! Blessed are the peacemakers. Before you say something that creates a bigger war, bite your tongue and ask the Lord, Father, what's the right thing for me to say in this situation? It is so easy to talk about others when we should in reality be blessing people that they might do the right thing under difficult circumstances. We are to be healers of broken hearts. We are to be healers of hearts that, that have been hurt by someone else. And it may take a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of prayer, but our character needs to be peacemaking. Blessed are the persecuted. Especially, let me tell you, when you're walking with the Lord, really walking with the Lord, you will not avoid persecution. Somebody somehow is going to, to persecute you in some way. In fact, someone has said, if you're not being persecuted, check out your Christianity. Something is not right with it. If you're living your Christianity out there in the world, you're going to get confronted by people who will persecute you in one way or another. Because there's no reconciling the light with the darkness. The darkness will always come against the light. Sin will always come against righteousness. So whenever you are the children of God out in the world, you will be persecuted in one way or another. You will be criticized because you are a goody-two-shoes or because you think you're better than anybody. Forget those comments and continue to show the character of God because you are His saint sent into the world. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for Christ. If you're persecuted, says Peter, because you've done something wrong, don't claim that's for Jesus. If you go to jail because you've committed a crime, don't claim you're in jail for Jesus because that's not true. But if you are persecuted because you've done the right thing before God and someone comes against you, then you can say, I am being persecuted like my Lord was persecuted. Blessed are the peacemakers, the persecuted. As you relate to your world... 
My friends, as you go out of this church today and you go back to your world and tomorrow you go back to work and you go back to your families and you go back to school and you go back to wherever you are going to be sent by God throughout this next week, you need to understand that you are God's holy chosen vessel to represent Him and mirror Him and reflect Him to a world that is broken. You are the ones. If you are not, who then? That is the job the Lord gave the church to His saints, the character of Christ in us. The Beatitudes is the character of Jesus that He's kind of entrusting that He becomes our character. Be attitudes. Blessed are those who live this way. Blessed are those who become like this, because that's the character of Jesus. One of the things that kind of becomes a little bit of a model within me, and has been for a while, it's even part of our mission statement, is that St. David's be a place where Jesus lives. That St. David's be a place where Jesus lives. I, I know any and all churches can say that and, and praise God for that. But I'm not talking to another church, I'm talking to our church. That whenever people come and visit this place, that whenever people come to worship God in this place, that they meet Jesus. They need to leave this place and say, Jesus was among this group of people. The way they treated me, the way they reflected the character of Jesus, the way that, that they did things, the Lord was present in His sanctuary in that worship service. I want people to say of you that Jesus lives in you and that Jesus lives whenever we gather here. We don't exist for any other reason but to reflect Jesus Christ in all that he is, was and is it will ever be. When people leave this worship service today, I hope they can say, I saw Jesus in the people there. The way they greeted me, the way they loved me, it was genuine. Their love, their concern for me, their prayers for me, I saw Jesus present in their faces, in their eyes, in their, in their hearts. Does Jesus live here? I, I would die for Jesus to live here if we could represent him the way he is and was and will ever be among us. I want to feel him myself. I want to feel him in you, through you. I want to see Jesus among us. I want this to be a place where Jesus lives. The character of a saint is the character of Jesus. Today is All Saints Day. We celebrate you, the saints of God today. Go and be attitude, don't do attitude.
Stand with me, please.